You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I'm talking about. And we are live here on the MMA Industry Podcast. I am uh, James Lynch, and today is uh, April 19th. Thank you so much for joining me. And today I have a very special guest. He is the uh, co founder and editor in chief at MMA Junkie at, at End USA Today. It is Dan Stupp joining me here on the program for the very first time. Dan, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing very well. I appreciate you taking the time. Now, today uh, we were talking about the software. Is your day off? Uh, what does a typical day off look like for you when you're not, uh, you know, trying to stay away from the bubble that is mixed martial arts? I, I usually try to get outdoors, do a lot of hiking with the pooch. Uh, I'm up here in Chicago for the month, so it's a little cold, but I think we're actually going to, the snow's starting to melt, so I may actually get outside and enjoy it a little, little bit. Good stuff. No, Chicago's a great city. I was talking to you about that off air. Uh, they're going to, they obviously know that, the UFC knows that they're having that huge event coming up here in June, but uh, let's talk about you. And uh, I always start the show off with how uh, my guests and I know each other. And uh, I mean, I've obviously seen the work you've done over the years, but you and I actually met, uh, if you remember this, UFC 206 in Toronto. I believe we were actually sitting beside each other uh, in the back and then also just waiting in line getting in. But uh, that's my uh, recollection because I know you don't get out to many events. So it was uh, good to see you then. Yeah, no, I uh, I used to, when we first started Junkie, I was traveling a lot for about five years. And then uh, once we hired other people, I was able to get off the road. So I don't do a whole lot of shows these days, but when I do, it's always nice. A lot of new faces, uh, a lot of old ones, but um, yeah, no, it, it was good to, to meet you too. You know, I, feel, I think we've followed each other on Twitter and stuff for so long. It's, it's always nice when you finally meet people in real life. Yeah, that's one of the best parts of covering the sport is the people you get to meet. I mean, you talk to a lot of people on social media, but to actually go to events, I always say this, it's like, you know, I had now McGrath on my show last week, like same thing. It's, you know, I've talked to him for years. I think we've met each other a couple times at events, but that that's one of the fun parts of covering the sport. But uh, let's talk about you and, and sort of your uh, your backstory and your involvement and everything. Uh, obviously, you work for, you know, one of the premier sites. Well, you are the co-founder of one of the premier sites in mixed martial arts. Uh, where did this all begin? Where did the interest in combat sports come from? You know, I had uh, grew up, I, I kind of knew I was going to be a, a journalist or, and go to journalism school and, and start writing for my hometown paper when I was pretty young. So I kind of got the writing and, and website and, and editing bug pretty young. Um, I was actually working for the, the Cincinnati Reds at the time, uh, doing creative services, a lot of website, newsletter, magazine, yearbook kind of stuff. So it was kind of journalism, but not journalism, which I kind of missed. Um, so MMA was starting to take off. Uh, it was 2005, 2006. Um, and, and I realized there, there weren't a whole lot of websites out there. It was pretty much Sure Dog and, and Weekly and Full Contact Fighter. 
Um, but you could sense that the website was going to, or the, the industry and, and the sport was really going to take off. The Ultimate Fighter had just started airing for the first time. Um, so kind of the, the plan was to, to do a little website in my spare time just to uh, kind of, you know, take care of the, the writing bug and, and have the, you know, they got a turn for it now, the little side hustle, which, you know, back then, uh, I love working for the Cincinnati Reds. You didn't make a whole lot of money working professional sports. Um, and I was really starting to, I'd been into MMA for a couple of years at the time. You know, I, I, you talked to a lot of fans and they were there since UFC won. That definitely wasn't me. I, I was kind of a late adopter. Uh, you know, once uh, Tito and, and Chuck and Randy started coming up, that's really when I started getting into it. And then with the Ultimate Fighter, you know, I didn't have to worry about. Um, sorry. Um, you didn't have to worry about phone calls back with the Ultimate yeah, Fighter. Yeah. Uh, you weren't allowed phones in the house, right? Yeah. So, um, so uh, anyway, like you, you could tell that uh, the, the sport was going to take off and, and there was an opportunity there. So, you know, I, I'd never expected it to get as big as it did. I figured if I could make a few extra bucks writing about MMA and, and have a reason to watch it live instead of, you know, buying the DVDs a, a few months later. Uh, so everything just kind of fell into place and, and took off. But, um, you know, I wasn't a, a huge, huge MMA fan at the time. You could just tell that the sport was about to take off. And then with the Ultimate Fighter and more frequent events, you know, I still remember UFC Fight Night 1, you know, it was such a big deal that you had a non-pay-per-view event. Uh, and then I just fell into it hardcore kind of, you know, I enjoyed it that much. And then knowing that there was kind of a business opportunity there, you know, a chance to do a website. So uh, I think within seven or eight months, I left the Reds and was doing Junkie full time. Interesting. There's so much I want to get into because Junkie is one of the sites I, I started reading when I first really got into this sport as well, along with SureDog. Um, did you go to school for journalism or anything like that? Or how did you sort of uh, develop your, your craft as a writer and a journalist? Yeah, I, had a, I went to the University of Missouri, which has a, a really good journalism program. Um, you know, I was an editor in a high school newspaper and actually started writing for my hometown paper. They had like a, a section devoted to the high school and middle school, started writing for them when I was like 13 or 14. So, um, you know, looking back, maybe I would have done it differently or gone to business school or something like that. But, you know, when you're a, a kid and trying to figure out what you're going to do, it's good to have something that you had experience with that you knew that you kind of enjoyed. So, you know, I made picking colleges and, and uh, picking a major and everything pretty easily. And, and, you know, all things considered, it turned out pretty well. So no, I'd, I'd say so for sure. Now, I remember reading MMA Junkie when it was UFC Junkie. Is that when it was? It, was it always UFC Junkie when it started? Or did that come? Did you guys flip back and forth? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, no, it, it started as UFC Junkie. And, you know, I had started the website with two other guys, one, uh, Eric Foster and, and Tom Cummins. And, one handled advertising, one handled the tech, and then it was pretty much just me doing editorial. Um, so it was kind of a, a conscious decision. You know, Pride was pretty big at the day, but I wasn't into it too much. Um, and, you know, we called it UFC Junkie because that was the plan. That was all I was going to cover. You know, I, I didn't want to try to spread the or cast the, the net too wide and, and, you know, cover a lot of things poorly. Um, but, you know, pretty quickly we started covering the Elite XC and then I, IFL popped up and WEC was gaining uh, steam. So we were considering making the move to MMA Junkie, and then the UFC kind of came to us and said, "Hey, I know you think you have the right to use that name. We don't think you do. You know, we can fight this." And you know, they obviously have more lawyers, so uh, that, that kind of pushed us into MMA Junkie. You know, we were covering stuff other than UFC anyway, um, and we didn't want to spend what little budget we had getting in a pissing match with the UFC because no one ever wins that. So. <laughs> 
we're gonna have to dig in deep here i you know i always always ask these questions are tough to remember sometimes do you remember the first thing you ever wrote for ufc junkie at the time when when you first started the site whether it was like a news update or an interview or something like that it might have been ufc 67 results um i think it was thanksgiving 2006 i remember within three or four posts we did a, a story on the IFL, instead of doing belts, they were going to do like championship rings. Which That's I right. I remember that. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So just did a story about that. You know, it was real. It was definitely more bloggy back then. Not so much news stuff. I think if we did a story like that with now, we would have probably gone into the history of championship rings and talked to somebody. But back then it was just kind of, hey, this is kind of cool. You know, maybe the UFC should consider something like this. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was just a, and then a lot of fight bookings and just a, a little stuff. It was kind of fun to begin with. I think the first story we did a lot of traffic was doing maybe it might have been UFC 67, the, the fight purses. Uh, there was a guy from uh, Canada. I can't remember his name now, but he used to report him for the main card fights. And I always thought I was like, that's really interesting. I should see if I can get the full card and put those out there. And uh, I think like the sure dog forums or something picked it up. And it was really uh, that first month just playing with stuff to see what people kind of cared about and what they would click on. And, we stumbled upon a lot of stuff that I think people kind of take for granted now, which is, you know, the full fight purses and medical suspensions and, and uh, official gates and where they rank all time. So uh, it, that first year was a lot of fun. No one was really there wasn't kind of a formula for doing what we do these days and, and kind of figuring that out, and uh, getting that instant feedback of seeing what people clicked on. You know, every day you knew exactly what they were what they wanted to, to read about. So we just kind of shaped our, our editorial philosophy just around that, those first few months and finding out what people liked. And it, the industry was so different back then too, even with the UFC, just with the fact that like the prelims weren't televised. I remember a day when you couldn't, you know, if you, you wanted to find a result, you'd have to hope that someone was at the event so you could know what, uh, not just the result, mm-hmm. but also what, what, how that fight actually went down. I mean, we have the luxury of fight pass now, but that never existed back then. Like I specifically remember having to look up prelims. You could, you could never watch them before. Yeah, and you didn't have like social media or Twitter to to really follow feeds or anything. Right. We had a MySpace page when we first yes. started. So yeah, MySpace. Old yeah. school we were, but yeah, no. So I mean, that was a big reason we started uh, traveling to events, or I started traveling to events. Was there was stuff that you couldn't get anywhere else? I think you know now you can watch every fight and not have to be like unless you're doing video like you do and, and Junkie does there's not a real big need to be on site for a lot of stuff. The press conferences are streamed, the prelims are, are available everywhere. Uh, but back then that was one of the reasons we traveled was you couldn't get all the information just offline. Um, but then obviously just getting the FaceTime and doing the interviews and stuff to help. But yeah, I mean, it was, a. Uh, I was talking to John Morgan, who was one of our first hires about that. When we first started, we had a MySpace page. There was no Twitter. Um, you know, we, we were reluctant to join Facebook because we didn't know if it was actually going to be a thing that, that stuck around and competed with MySpace. So, yeah, I mean, just the 12 years I've been doing it, it everything's changed so drastically. And, and it, you know, for the better, you know, more traffic and, and more engagement and stuff like that. But I do kind of miss the early days when we had 12 or 14 events to care about. and You had a full month to really dive into stuff. But um, you know, it, it's just a result of the, the sport getting as big as it did. And I guess that's why we have jobs. So I can't complain too much. Exactly. Yeah, no, no, you're right. It, I mean, there was something cool back in the day being a fan of the sport too. Like I wasn't covering it back when I became a fan. I was, I was what they would have called a tough noob. I watched it yeah. you know, basically after the ultimate fighter, but it was cool. Cause it was like this cool, like sport that everyone knew about. That was like this big secret that only people online, you could sort of talk to people there. But like I, you know, my friends, a few of them are into it, but not as much as I was. So there was something, there was something cool about that back then when like, you'd have a pay-per-view coming up and you'd have weeks to anticipate yeah. it. 
and uh, that's just that's just gone these days, unfortunately. But like you said, with the sport growing, that uh, that makes sense. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you, and I asked a lot of our guests here on the show, did you have any mentors early on? Like, was there anyone maybe when you were going to school or even uh, when you started the site that you sort of looked to for advice that was you know critical in helping you uh, develop and grow to where you are today? Well, I always had good editors. You know, I started interning for the Dane Daily News uh, right out of high school, actually, before I started college and then my my summer's home. And uh, I actually didn't I did a little work in sports, but not a whole lot. I actually worked more in uh, features, doing everything from uh, religion to business to entertainment, which, you know, for me was great because you kind of learn if you can write about religion and and, you know, I, I did a, a 3000 word story on water filter, home water filters. Like if you can write about stuff like that, then when you actually get a write about sports, it's it, it's pretty exciting. So I always had good editors. My hometown paper when I was still in high school, I had Tim Busey. He was a, a really helpful guy. Uh, once we got into MMA, you know, one of the issues for us was kind of uh, being deemed credible, um, you know, to get credentials. Because I used to get credentialed through the Dayton Daily News. I did a, a weekly column for them while I was running MMA Junkie. Uh, but they wouldn't credential us through MMA Junkie at the time, which, you know, it, it was kind of laughable. But, um, you know, I'm always in debt to Kevin Ioli and, and Tom Gervasi from UFC.com. They kind of went to, to bat for us. It, it was a process and, and took a lot of while. But, you know, uh, we had signed a deal with uh, Yahoo Sports, which kind of gave us credibility, too, very quickly. And the guy running Yahoo Sports at the time was Eric Winter, the, the former head of Oh, UFC. that's right. OK, interesting. Uh, so we actually knew him through there. So. Um, you know, it, it was kind of mentorships. Kevin I only offered a lot of advice from time to time, but more than anything, it was just, you know, they treated us like peers and kind of vouched for us. And that went a long way in the early days. Very cool. Uh, of course, the, the big thing that sort of happened, happened along the way with the site was uh, that partnership with USA Today. When did that actually happen and how, how long did that take for that process for, for them to come on board and, and develop that partnership with the site? I think it was about... 2010, uh, I had mentioned the two other co-owners I had, Eric Foster and, and Tom Cummins. And, uh, you know, they got us, I think, helped get us to as far as we were going to get. They had other projects that, and, and full-time jobs that they had to worry about. So we knew the time was probably right to sell. Um, we used a, a company uh, based out of Alabama called Founders Investment Banking. And they had helped uh, similar websites sell, you know, to, to bigger properties. So the process started in, in 2010 and we didn't finish up until 2011. It was actually uh, 11, 11, 11, November 11th of 2011. That's when we closed the deal. But all told, it was about a probably a year long deal. You know, we um, started talking 30 or 40 different companies, uh, big and small, a lot of media companies. It came down to about three or four, but uh, USA Today was clearly the right fit. Um, they were already covering MMA, which was kind of a big deal. You know, I know NBC Sports uh, had kind of jumped on the MMA bandwagon, but there really weren't too many. Even ESPN, Fox Sports, no one was really covering it too much. And we knew USA Today believed in the product. Um, they had kind of told us from the get-go, though, that, hey, look, we're building this whole sports media group where it's not just USA Today Sports. We're buying other websites. But we're about a year off from really wanting to do that. So we will buy you. Just know that the first year may be a little rough. And the first year was very, very rough. Like our website would crash on an event night and it'd be 12 hours before we were back up just because they didn't have the resources and stuff. Oh, wow. And, you know, we reported to a general manager at the time. And just in that first year, I think we had two or three different general managers. So, you know, we were kind of pounding our head against the wall, you know, from the beginning. Uh, 
but then they kind of made USA Today Sports a whole entity, uh, brought in some really great editors on the newspaper side who also helped with the online side. Uh, so once we got past that that initial first year, that was really rough. Uh, they ga- they gave us the resources to travel more. That's when we hired Ben Folks and Matt Erickson, and then eventually some other folks. Um, so yeah, I mean, oh, uh, you know, looking back, like we needed someone like USA Today just from a business standpoint and advertising standpoint. Um, but yeah, it, it's worked out great. They, they've been wonderful partners. You know, it, it's hard to get mainstream. Not so much now, but especially five or six years ago to get a mainstream media outlet to buy into MMA when other websites weren't, um, you know, so they, they've always kind of been big on MMA and, and that's really worked out for us. Yeah. And I'll mention those hires in a second because uh, those were very crucial, uh, you know, getting Matt Erickson and, and Ben Folks, because if I'm not mistaken, Folks was at MMA fighting before that, before he, he came over to, to you guys. Right. Right. And and when they bought us and uh, the editor, the the sports editor at the time, Mary Byrne, you know, I talked to her and. She's like, look, you know, you guys are going to get a bigger budget. You can go out and hire some people, you know, figure out who you want. And Matt Erickson had been on our radar for three or four years uh, just because so much of our job now. And and back then you, you could sense it was coming, but especially now, like you need people who can write and can edit and who could do video and no Photoshop and no social media. And he was one of those guys who definitely knew how to do that. But I knew we also really needed kind of a, a voice of the website, a really good features and, and columnist writer. Um, and Ben had been on my, I like, you know, everyone knew what a great writer Ben was. Yeah. And, um, you know, they kind of said, you know, money's no object. And I mean, it kind of was, but, you know, we could go to Ben and kind of offer him a deal uh, to, to kind of get him on our site. And uh, I'm so thankful we did. He, he's still kind of the, the voice of the website. You know, there's so many times where I think, you know, I, how as MMA fans should we react to this bit of news or this controversy and stuff like that? And then Ben writes a column. It's like, you know, that's what I was thinking, but have no way of putting on paper. He's the guy who knows how to put it into words. So, uh, yeah, those were two huge hires for us. And and before then, we had already had uh, John Morgan, who was our, our first main hire, who's now, you know, uh, I think he's more MMA junkie than I am at this point. You know, he, mm-hmm. he's uh, doing the daily grind and, and care so much. And then, uh, Stephen Morocco, we we hired after John uh, from uh, after John Morgan, we hired him from MMA Weekly, and he's just the the day to day you know grinder reporter. Uh, a lot of people may not like him who work in the industry, but it's because he writes the stuff that they don't you know the, the regulatory stuff, drug testing, uh, salary contracts, lawsuits. He, he's kind of the unsung hero of the the website just because he writes a lot of the stuff that no one else wants to write. And the kind of stuff that you get a lot of negative feedback from managers and fighters and stuff. So, right. So over the years, we've put together a, a really good team. I think you know when I worked for the Reds, uh, part of the reason I hated to leave, um, even though you know you don't make a lot of money working in pro sports, was that we started with thirty people uh, in the front office when I worked there. By the time we left, we had two hundred and fifty people, and I knew all of them. I liked all of them. I had no problem with anybody I worked with, and it just seemed so weird that you know. I, I knew how rare that was. You you work in a company and and you like everybody, but we've been real careful about who we bring in uh, onto the staff of MMA Junkie just because we want to keep that same feeling that you know we're we're all in this together. We're all friends. There are no petty you know arguments and stuff like that. So it, it's worked out well. So pre uh, USA Today and pre hiring you know Ben Folks and Matt Erickson. Uh, we, so you were working for the Reds and then also working on the site. Like that's sort of what was paying the bills was just doing both those jobs leading leading up to that. Yeah, I mean I was basically doing two full time jobs and and you know that 
luckily there was only about a year of overlap and, and, you know, I, I did the Reds job and I had moved from creative services to consumer marketing. And my boss at the time was like, look, I know you're doing this side thing. He's like, as long as you get your job done, I don't care what hours you work or, or what you're doing during the day, just get the job done and I'll stay off your back. It was kind of a one man department. So uh, that made it kind of easy, but yeah, I mean, thankfully I had that, you know, the first year of MMA Junkie, we took no advertising or anything. We wanted to keep it clean. Um, so it was basically my other job kind of bankrolling uh, MMA Junkie and, and health insurance and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah, you know, it, it worked out. It, it's hard to kind of start something from scratch, especially without the unknowns. But having that other full time job kind of made the transition a little easier. And then you guys made the switch to video. I mean, I remember early on, it was all written stuff. And I remember having John Morgan actually on my old podcast, uh, my audio podcast I used to do. And he's like, yeah, you know, we're really getting into video now. And now to see where it is now, where you guys are at literally every event you have is the most video content, I think, out of anyone there. Plus, you have this stuff with MMA Junkie Radio, like, you know, five days a week. Um, How was that transition, you know, trying to get people on board with, you know, a lot of people are used to just writing stuff, but now they got to shoot video and they got to edit it, too. It's it's painful. I like I wasn't a, a video guy, and I was kind of reluctant to it, even though I knew it was kind of the future and stuff. But um, it, we started doing video, or, or it first came up that first year with USA Today, where they really weren't ready for us and they didn't have the resources for us. And it was basically, hey, you guys need to do video, and we had no resources for it. So it was definitely a learning process. But it definitely got to thank John Morgan. You know, he kind of he had no video experience and kind of started from scratch and taught himself. And then uh, we had hired a, a guy who's no longer with us, but um, he came from USA Today, Justin Park, who really kind of got us up to speed and really kind of headed that up and, and was instrumental into us uh, moving into video. And, and now we've got Ken Hathaway, who he's like John. He's just a, a grinder and on the on the road all the time. And a guy from uh, London, a guy named Abby, who's who's phenomenal. Awesome, love too. Abby, love Abby. We had uh, we had Chimakar Sandu on the show a few weeks okay. back, and he was just talking about how you know Abby has really helped him, just because they were like a team, and you know it was a package deal, right? So yeah, and and, and he uh, he he does he still does some uh, junky stuff for us too. So yeah, we actually got to know Abby through the the duo those two because they were they were working together. So. No, I, I mean, I really got to thank John. He's kind of run with it, not just the, the production and the editing. A lot of that falls on Kenny now, but John's kind of the, the creative muscle behind, you know, getting all the video and making sure we got everything on site and stuff. But yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, for people who don't know, um, kind of the video, you know, whatever revenue you're bringing in, video brings in about 10 times the revenue of what regular written stuff does. And I know sometimes people hate that, you know, there's videos with long stories that they don't want to watch and stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'd rather just read something. But when your kind of bottom line depends on, you know, keeping people employed and, and, and turning a small profit and stuff relies so heavily on video. Uh, unfortunately, people are going to get video whether they like it or not. We're just, you know, our big goal was just doing any video to begin with. And now we're really trying to focus more on the quality of it and the uniqueness of it and stuff. I think. MMA fighting in Ariel Hawani set a very high bar for everybody, you know, to do video. Uh, then guys like you came along who, you know, just kind of grinded it out and, and really uh, made an impact. And, and now, you know, I think slowly kind of everybody's quality is going up and, and we're doing more creative stuff, which is good to see. But again, so much of that falls back on John and Kenny. 
Yeah, no, I can't say enough good things about both, both of them. I mean, they're at every event. It's uh, it's crazy their their work schedule, and and I'll, I'll, I wanted to ask about that in a sec. But first, um, you brought up the videos on the page. I know a lot of people complain about that. I think the one thing, like if I could, uh, you know, make a suggestion is that like I, I think autoplay videos are fine, but then they get you when you scroll down the page, and then the video still pops up on the bottom. That's where I think people are like ah, you know, because sometimes it's but but again, I get it. I come from a you know my my backgrounds in uh, in television and digital media, yeah. and uh, you know the the ad clicks they the, the video clicks they, they pay the dollars so i get it trust me it's and and if it's anything that people don't like it's usually stuff that's way out of our control you know we unfortunately we i mean fortunately we we work for usa today and a lot of you know directives come from the top which is both good and bad because now i can blame it on someone else (laughs) right (laughs) for sure yeah no i hear you uh we talked about you know obviously you guys are the only site i think that that goes to every single event like i know mma fighting do they i don't think they go to every single event you guys do though like you'll go to like the cards in like nottingham or you know if it's a fight night or something how do you determine who goes to what event like how do you make sure that your guys aren't getting burnt out I mean, John pretty much has first dibs on everything just because he can kind of do everything. He has the relationships. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things now, if he's on site, fighters will go out of their way to do an interview with us just because yeah. they know John and, and uh, know kind of what he can do. Um, it, it's getting tougher to get approval for some of these smaller uh, shows, you know, Singapore and stuff. And sometimes we have to use a, a local person or John or Kenny, whoever's going for us. Um, you know, they're skipping the hotel room on the final night, just working, you know, from the, the PR room or the airport and stuff like that. Uh, so it's getting a little tougher. You know, we still send multiple people to the, the bigger shows. But uh, basically, John has first dibs. Um, you know, a lot of times it doesn't make sense for him to go or it'll make more sense to send someone like a, a Matt Erickson, who's also based here in Chicago, if it's a Midwest event. Um, so John kind of determines that, you know, I, I worry about him burning himself out. And sometimes I feel like he takes too many events, but uh, he loves doing them. I don't know how that guy runs on no sleep and, and constantly sleeping in uh, planes and, and hotel rooms and even PR rooms and stuff. But, um, you know, I, I wish we could send more people. We used to send Stephen and Ben and, and even Mike to uh, Mike Bond to. The more shows, you know, the budget has become a little more constricted past few years. You know, hopefully it comes back. But yeah, right now, John's kind of our travels are. And as far as your day to day, what because you're you're mainly like a managing editor at this point. Mm-hmm. I know you do some writing, but what what does sort of your day to day look like uh, as far as uh, you know when it comes to the site? I'd say probably forty percent writing, forty percent editing, and then twenty percent everything else, administrative stuff, scheduling, expense reports. Um, you know, dealing with the, the the bosses and ad campaigns and stuff like that. And then uh, Simon Simona, a guy, one of our newer hires about a year and a half ago, um, he actually came from USA Today Sports, which was a benefit because he know you know, we don't have anyone or we had we didn't have anybody in the actual main offices. And now he is so that he's kind of our bridge between that. But um, it's mainly Matt Erickson, Simon and myself kind of handling the editing shifts. John handles a few of them when he's not on the road. Um, but uh, the three of us and, and John sometimes, it's it's 40% writing, 40% editing, and then 20% everything else, which can be, you know, proofing videos, putting together photo galleries, administrative stuff, you know, developing story ideas and stuff like that. So that's a good thing. You know, day to day, the job kind of changes a bit. You're working on different stuff. You don't get bogged down with one thing too often. So that's good. 
What about the hiring process? You mentioned you guys are on a pretty tight ship. Uh, I know you guys have, you know, you brought on Simon last year, like you mentioned, um, but but there hasn't been too many hires, I think, because you guys have a really good group and no one, you know, people obviously like working there because they're, it's the same group that's been there for years. Um, when, when you are looking to bring on someone new, what, what do you sort of look for? Or like, like, even if it's a specific position, I'm sure there's certain qualities you look for in, in bringing someone on, uh, you know, as far as like, uh, you know, joining the team. Yeah, I think someone like Matt or, or Mike Bond or even Fernanda, uh, who's based in Rio de Janeiro, um, usually they're, they've been on our radar. One of us or most of us will know them kind of on a personal level and, and get to know their personalities and, and work ethics just so that we know they're going to be a good fit. So usually the hiring process, it's it, I think almost every time it's been someone, it's like um, it, it's someone we've wanted to hire for a year or two and we finally have the opportunity to do it. Um, you know, we we get hit. I'm sure any you know big MMA site gets hit up a lot with people who want to work in MMA, and um, you know we get a, a lot of qualified people who reach out. Um, but I think you know more often than not, we're going to lean towards someone that we know personally, or, or people on the staff have worked uh, events with, and, and kind of know just because. Um, and and I think that's part of the one of the drawbacks or, or one of the challenges of working kind of in a, a virtual uh, work office or, or newsroom when you're not actually in the same physical space, you, you kind of have to know how to read people. Like I can pick up on, you know, just Skype messages uh, from John or, or Matt, kind of what mood they're in just based on, you know, we, we learn to read each other's moods and stuff. And, and not that we're reluctant to bring in new people. It's just, we're careful about kind of who we bring in because we know the challenges and especially, you know, when it's three or 4 AM on an event night and everyone's just kind of a, a little worn out and, and, you know, on their last nerve and, and ready to explode on people. You, you got to kind of know their personality in the good times and the bad times. And um, so, yeah, I mean, when it comes time to hiring and, and it's been a while now, but when we go to hire somebody, it's it's usually someone we, we already know and we're familiar with and think they'd be a good fit with our team. Yeah. And I, I wanted to, I'm glad you sort of explained all that. Cause I think, um, you know, in this industry and I think in a lot of industries too, it's, it's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of people aren't applying for jobs that people usually know who you are. If you make yourself, you know, um, visible at either events or visible as far as the content you're producing, people already sort of have an idea. Like I, you know, as a freelancer, I, I work for like, I think eight websites and yeah. I, I'll tell you a, a good chunk of those were ones that sort of came to me with something just with mm -hmm. the fact that they've seen my work. And I think there's, there's some, kind of this misconception conception that like you know people I, I hear this all the time from people that are starting out or whatever and they're like yeah i emailed the site and they they never got back to me they never followed up and i'm like well you, you got to just keep on going because it's not like, like like you mentioned the hires that you have you already have on their on your radar already and that's because of the work they're doing and then you know the thing they're getting noticed that's sort of the key i think some people look at it as like why wasn't there a job application for this position like someone gets hired at a site and they're like i didn't know there was a hiring process it's like that's not how it works it's you have to do really high level content whether it's, you know, writing, video, whatever, and, and you have to get noticed. And I think, I think that's a key thing. And that's, you know, th this show more than anything is, you know, to be informative. And I think that's something I, I think people need to realize is that you, you have to just produce good work, meet the right contacts, and, and then that it'll all sort of work itself out the way it's supposed to, uh, I, I would assume. Yeah. And, and just, I, I, I hate the term networking. I mean, back when I was <laughs> in school, that was such a big thing, but I wouldn't even call it networking. It's just, you know, if there's a site, you know, you want to work with, um, you know, MMA fighting, bloody elbow, you know, and ESPN or something like get to know those people. It, it can just be, you know, start by following them on Twitter and stuff and exchange images, messages. And so many of the people, you know, that, that have done freelance work for us or full-time work was just people I met at events, you know, whether I introduced myself or they introduced themselves. Um, you know, when we get, 
just kind of a, a out of the blue email with someone who wants to work for us. You know, we, we always look at them and, and take them seriously and stuff. But, you know, and we try to respond to everyone. The ones we, we don't respond to just because we get so much. And, you know, it's ones where it's an obvious form letter and we get countless emails with people who want to apply for a job and it's dear editor of MMA mania or dear editor of bloody well if you couldn't even get that right it's going to be hard to trust you to, to write a story or, or you know research something and then it's well if you want to see your resume send you know let me know and I'll send it to you it's like well just include it then you know in some writing samples yeah. and stuff so if I know people took a little time to before they reached out to us um Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. To apply for a job, I'm going to take it more seriously. I'm going to file their stuff away in the folder that I actually go back to and, and, and look at and stuff. But, you know, I'd say, you know, and, and, you know, I'm not trying to sound pompous or anything like, oh, you should be lucky to work for MMA Junkie and stuff. But if you're really serious about working for our site or any site, just, you know, take 10 or 15 minutes to make sure everything's addressed correctly, that, that your form or your cover letter or your email is geared toward what we do. You know, we get people who contact us about, well, and then, you know, I'm not so much in MMA, but, you know, I can help with boxing and kickboxing and grappling. It's like, well, we, we really don't cover that stuff. And if you're really an MMA junkie reader, you kind of know that. So, you know, just take a few minutes, you know, to, to really put together a, a resume and proof it well and, and include some writing samples and stuff like that. Like the people who do that and, and send a lot of, um, you know, who, who take the time, that's the ones that we respond to and, and that we usually um you know, we'll, we'll, we'll keep their stuff on file in case something though. A lot of times, you know, it may be an event that we can't get to. Um, and then we'll, uh, uh, try to find a, someone local to help out with. And, and those are the people that we're going to. And that usually opens the door kind of like for an appy. He was just kind of a local guy in the European market, uh, who's now full time with us. Um, just because, you know, we were kind of familiar with his work and stuff. Cause he took the time to send it to us. 
Yeah. And he had content already ready, readily available. It's not like, oh, well, you know, I have to I have to show something. It's like, yeah, that's that's how it works. So, <laughs> um, no, that, that's all uh, very interesting. Uh, before we uh, go to the MMAJA stuff, I wanted to ask you about um, we had a question in the chat and I think this is uh, very relevant. So we got uh, Tony who's in the chat. Tony runs a site called MMA Today. I don't know if you, uh, you're familiar yeah. with it. They do a lot of news and everything. He's asking because he's the managing editor of the site. He's like, what advice would you give anyone who manages a site that's starting out uh, in the MMA space uh, as far as, you know, pointers and stuff? I know the landscape is a lot different now than what you used to deal yeah. with, um, you know, but uh, but do you have sort of any pointers that maybe you could throw Tony's way? Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I think the networking, kind of getting to know the other people from the big sites and, um, you know, I know there's sometimes, there's a lot of gray area kind of covering the sport, especially with fight bookings and stuff like that where maybe someone broke it and then we didn't credit them. And, and kind of our rule of thumb is that once the UFC or Bellator announces something at that point, it's kind of official. And, you know, we'll just say that UFC officials announced it, but if that's not the point or, or if that's not the case, or you do want credit for it, just, you know, kind of reach out to the, the big websites, you know, whether it's MMA junkie or someone else, I think a lot of times, cause there are a lot of websites popping up or ones that are kind of hard to keep track of who, broke something first, like, you know, just reach out, you know, nicely and, and mention, Hey, and, and I think you've done that too. And, and, um, you know, uh, other guys like, Hey, I don't know if you know, we actually broke this story. And, and a lot of times we, you know, we'll go back and, and credit them I, again, if Bellator UFC makes something official, you know, at that point, we're kind of, you know, just take that, that the mindset that it's now official and that's the end of it. But, um, you know, don't, I guess if, if you're in a, a smaller site or kind of an up and coming site, or you're thinking of launching one, don't feel free to, to reach out to, you know, uh, Brian from MMA fighting or, or um, Nate from, from bloody elbow and the other sites, like, you know, you know, they're more than willing to, to interact and, and, um, you know, and talk with you and stuff. So, yeah. And even if you just need advice on photos or, or how you do certain stuff, I think, and that's part of the MMA J, which JA, which we'll get into later. I think we just kind of want to create a sense of fraternity, you know, uh, among the MMA sites. You know, we we compete with each other. You know, I think MMA fighting is probably our our number one competitor right now, or, if, or everyone's competitor right now. They do so many things so well. Um, but at the end of the day, we're all kind of you know in the same boat and fighting for the same stuff. You know, to, to kind of raise the the bar for MMA journalism and help the sport grow and and have the other site major sites that aren't covering it take it more seriously so uh you know feel free to reach out to people whether it's me or the editors or, or you know guys like Matt Erickson the, the Matt Erickson and John Morgans at the other websites yeah and and people are willing to talk I mean I get messages all the time about stuff you know even little things and I'm more than happy to say it but um, you know you talked about the crediting thing one thing that does drive me nuts about that is you'll see people that will publicly you know tweet on Twitter why aren't you you know doing this it's like that's not the right way to do it do it behind closed doors you know be professional I I think that's a big thing you know uh, social media presence is you know it's important you you want to come across as professional and I think if you have any issue with anything or there's something you wanted to, to talk about do it behind closed doors it's easy everyone has an email address I mean you know that, that's something and, and I, I mean being kind of upset with it or stuff like it, it's totally justified like i get it you know when we first started started junkie and, and we had a big scoop yeah it, it annoyed me too if we didn't get it credit for it somewhere but yeah i mean usually all it takes is a, a text or email or something and it's easily fixable i don't think anyone's trying to to spurn anybody or, or anything like that but yeah like you said just being polite about it or, or you know it, it goes a long way and i'm not trying to say Oh, well, if you ask nicely, you know, we'll do it just, but you know, just a, a simple text. And there's so many guys from other websites who, 
uh, you know, reach out to us pretty often, like, hey, just a heads up, we actually broke this last week. It's like, oh, crap, you know, we didn't see that. So no problem. So. Yeah, no, no. And, and like I said, and I'm not just saying this because you're on the show, I the, the times that we've talked, and it wasn't even anything bad, it was just like stuff in general, you've always been like very receptive. And I think that's, I, I think that it's it's like that for a lot of sites, too. Uh, you do find if you just get to talk to people, you can really see that people are willing to help and sort of, uh, you know, be, be, uh, be, be of some help, I guess is the best way to put it. Let's talk about the MMAJA before I, uh, before I keep uh, rambling on here. Um, first off, we just had the elections, uh, I think it was last week. Um, just, you know, for those who didn't see it, uh, what, uh, what, what, uh, who got appointed for those who didn't see it? Yeah, the, it would, uh, like you said, just finished up last week. Um, we had an interim board who we, you know, we were kind of installed without actually voting. And, and that was the plan from the get go was it was always going to be temporary. Uh, but the new president is Ben Folks, uh, a guy who works for MMA Junkie. Um, vice president's going to be Ariel Hawani, uh, secretary Josh Gross, and then our at-large officers who, who were part of the board are Mike Chiapetta, Dave Doyle, and Jeff Wagenheim. So uh, some veterans of the sport, guys that I feel very comfortable, you know, uh, like to, to fight for the greater good. I think, uh, you know, um, you know, there, there were a lot of people who got nominated who just decided for, you know, whatever reason not to run. Uh, I was actually one of them. I just knew that this was going to be a bad year. I'm getting married later this year and, and taking some time off through the summer and stuff. Um, for sure. Yeah, but, you got you got to get a plan that wedding. That's that's yeah, important. Yeah. And, and I, I've got a good one and I don't want to piss her off and, and <laughs> her ladies. <laughs> um, yeah. But no, I think those are all people who are have for the most part, have already been involved. Uh, they were, you know, a guy like Jeff was one of the first members. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm super thrilled. I, I know we're the, the associations in really good hands and, you know, we've been a, a little quiet over the past few months as we were kind of getting the elections in order and stuff. But now that we've got our first official board and, and president and everything, uh, I think it's going to be a, a really good year. And we're going to start seeing a lot of the, the projects and, uh, things that we had discussed, you know, are, are going to become a little more formal and official. So we're in great hands. And and honestly, I, I had nominated uh, Josh Gross because I thought he would be the best one. I think from the, the earliest days with the association as we were getting it off the ground, uh, he's a guy who really kind of uh, embraced the association and, and not just for selfish reasons. Obviously, you know, he's kind of been banned from the UFC and, and has been dealing with that that ridiculous battle for years. Um, but he, it was never about him. It really was about the greater good and helping everybody. And I know he's one of those guys who uh, really tries to help out the younger guys who are up and coming, like, um, you know, uh, podcasts and, and radio shows and stuff like that, big or small. Josh is almost always available just because he's that type of guy. Um, so uh, but obviously, uh, with you know, he's uh, secretary, which I think is going to be a great role for him. Um, and then Mark Raimondi, actually, is treasurer. I forgot to mention that. Uh, but with Ben Folks being president, I think he's such a, a level-headed guy. He cares so much about kind of the future of the sport and making sure we're headed in the right way. I know some of our readers sometimes think that he's just kind of a, a crabby old guy who, who craps on the sport. But I think, you know, he points out issues because he really does care about them. And I, I think it's important that we've got a president of an associa association like that. So I think we're, you know, with him and, and Ariel in the vice president role, We've got a really good board who's really going to kind of help step up just the, the state of MMA journalism. Uh, for me, the, the reason I wanted to get involved from the get-go and, and why I was so receptive to it was I wanted that fraternity. I wanted everyone to feel comfortable that uh, we can compete against each other and still be on the same team when it comes to certain stuff, you know, raising the bar of MMA journalism and, and trying to uh, make sure everybody gets along and stuff like that, which seems like such a simple thing. But 
Um, you know, one thing I hate is that people, because, you know, MMA Junkie for a long time was one of the smaller sites, you know, where we were trying to catch up with Weekly and SureDog. And, and when we were doing that, you know, I ran into some, some real dicks, you know, and, and we were getting started. But I remember the guys who reached out early, who, who really made a point, you know, Damon Martin um, and, and Greg Savage and uh, Mike Chiapetta, who was at NBC Sports at the time, and Sam Kaplan, uh, Jeremy Botter was at the Houston Chronicle. You know, those were guys who were reach out and were super friendly. And I just remember how much that meant to me. And I just kind of wanted to help foster an atmosphere and environment where guys who are just getting kind of started in MMA journalism can feel that same sense of community. So. Yeah. And, and what's sort of been the feedback since the elections? Cause I know you're not involved like on a panel or anything, but I'm sure you're still keeping tabs with everything, uh, you know, just sort of, uh, you know, kind of housekeeping and everything. Yeah, no, I, I think everyone's kind of settling into their roles now. And uh, the election was kind of a, a whole process, just working on the back end of the website, making sure everything worked. And Jeremy Botter, uh, he's not a, an officer, but he was instrumental in, in us kind of getting the website working and everything. And there's some learning curve and, and, and some hurdles we had to get through. But I think stuff's really going to start ramping up now. And, and thankfully, kind of some of the guys who are in those key leadership roles now, Ben Foltz and Ariel, uh, they've been there from the get-go. So, you know, it, it's not going to be too much of an adjustment period for them. So I think uh, if, if people are on the fence about being a member, now would be a really good time to join. If you got questions, reach out to me or anybody on the board and, and we can answer them. But, um, you know, I know people pay to fee to, to be a member and stuff. And I, I think, you know, we're going to start really start, uh, start seeing a, a lot of the benefits that, that come from that. And, um, you know, I, I think a big one of the things we talked about is like a membership directly, a membership directory. So that, you know, if you want to reach out from a website uh, or reach out to somebody from another website and stuff, I mean, it's pretty easy with Twitter and stuff these days, but whether it's, you know, phone number, direct email address and stuff like that. So uh, I, I think you'll see a lot of changes now coming up that we've got our first official board in place. So, yeah, you mentioned the fee. I was going to bring that up because uh, I think that that is sort of turning some people off uh, of joining. Not that it's a lot of money, but just that people want to know where exactly the money's going. So I guess, you know, one of the things you said was it was a database. And is, is there some other things that are that are in the works that, that you can mention? Or I guess we're still are you still sort of figuring all that out yet? Yeah, I guess I, I shouldn't speak now. I, I'm, I'm no longer present. No, no, no. Take it up yeah. with big folks. It's his problem now. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. But no, we, we've talked about membership cards and I think we're going to try to add a lot of features to the website. So, you know, there are hosting costs and stuff there now, but you know, no one's making money off of anything that goes into it. it's going to go back into the association, uh, whether it's recruiting or, you know, we've talked about doing writing awards and, and stuff like that, which I, I would, I, I think we actually have an awards committee at this point. Um, so I think stuff like that's going to be where we really start to see kind of the, the benefits of the association and where you feel like you're getting your money's worth. And and for people who work for kind of established media outlets, uh, talk to your editors and your bosses. Uh, that was one good thing is USA Today reimburses us for all our association fees, all our writers. Um, so it's worth asking your boss. I thought they would say no or, or would be kind of reluctant, but they saw the value of it right away. So that's good. That's great. And then you mentioned, uh, you know, Josh being banned from the UFC. I, I guess that is the goal with the association is to try and get, you know, these established journalists, people that are, are doing good work that, that really should get accredited. And hopefully the organization can work with the UFC and try and, you know, make some of these situations. So like Jonathan Snowden's another one who, you know, really yeah. should should be accredited at events. Yeah. And, and Loretta Hunt. And there are even some yeah. people we, we really, you know, we may not know or, or people may not know by name. Um, so, yeah, no, we, we've got a committee for that. And that's going to probably 
definitely be one of the, the big projects kind of moving forward is getting that committee together. And and we have talked to, to Bellator when we first started the association. We talked to USC and Bellator and, and the other organizations, and, and they definitely seemed receptive. And, and we've got those lines of communication. So I think, you know, we can hopefully kind of help uh, anyone who's banned or, um, you know, and I think, you know, we've got to be fair to an extent. I think, you know, USC and Bellator and the other big organizations, uh, if you haven't written before and stuff, they may be reluctant to uh, credential you just because they don't know you or, or know if you have, um, if you know how to, kind of, you know, I remember, you know, I've been to events where people are cheering on press row or drinking on press row and that, that's, yeah. stuff. it makes <laughs> everything look bad, you know. Um, yeah. And and I don't want to point the nose and or point the finger at any specific uh, country, but you know Brazil obviously comes to mind. Some of the, their their journalists operate a little differently sometimes, uh, but I think as a whole, the industry's you know becoming a little more official and formalized and, and professional. Um, and and I think the association is definitely going to help with that. And the fact that the association does have communication with the big organizations, and I think that'll continue and we'll have the right people in the right committees and stuff. So anyway, if you're a, a member, even if you're not a member and you're thinking about joining and you've got issues like that, getting credentialed and stuff, I think the association can definitely help out. Well, yeah, I think if anyone's watching here right now, Dan is very approachable, and I think that was you know it's been made very clear uh, throughout the last uh, you know almost hour. So, uh, so that's uh, you know if anyone's watching this and, and needs uh, you know any sort of Dan is the guy to talk to because, like I said, you've you know you've been there from the start, and, and obviously your involvement. Uh, I know not a ton of involvement now with the, the MMAJA, but it's still uh, very important. Um, it's so funny you bring that up about uh, you know like the you know certain journalists. Um, I'm not going to mention the country, the outlet, or whatever, but we were doing a media scrum last year. I want to say it was UFC 213. Uh, the, the card that fell apart, well, the main event did with uh, with Amanda Nunes being off there. We're doing a media scrum, and there's a reporter literally with their phone taking a selfie, doing, like, their own, like, social media thing while a fighter's doing a media scrum. And we're all just like, shut up. What are you doing? So, I mean, you're, you're going to have stuff like that that you're just like, I guess, just they don't know, right? So Yeah, you don't want to be snobbish about it and stuff, and you also mm-hmm. don't want to embarrass them and, like, pull them aside and be like, oh, you're really not supposed to do that, like – you know, and especially when you talk about other countries, you know, just journalism kind of works different ways in different countries. So you try not to be too judgmental and stuff. But, yeah, when you're trying to do your job and you see a, a, a quote unquote reporter trying to take a selfie during the scrum, it's kind of hard not to roll your eyes a little bit. Kind of on the same note of the MMAJA, but also just kind of with Junkie in general, is it difficult sometimes to cover topics where – we mentioned, you know, the ad revenue is important. You got to do certain stories that that are that are going to get clicks. Um, you know, I don't want to say clickbait because I, I find you guys actually don't do a lot of that. I think you guys do a lot of really good, you know, hard nosed stuff. But is is it tough? Where like you might have a good story to write about, but you know, you have to keep ad dollars in mind. Is that is that like a daily challenge for you guys as a site? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the way I look at it is if if you get people to check to want to read the story or to want to watch the video then the revenue takes care of itself. So for me, it's not so much what's going to bring in the most revenue. It's what are people most going to want to watch or read? And, you know, I I think that's kind of a fair way to look at it. Um, But I think especially the last five or six years, you know, we used to be kind of button up straight AP style to a fault, you know, the inverted pyramid to a fault. Um, And and that worked for us for five or six years. And then, you know, there was more competition and, and, you're fighting for people's time. So, um, you know, I, I think what, what bothers me is when people use, kind of overuse the term clickbait when mm-hmm. it's not clickbait and it was just a really clever headline to get you to, to read a story, you know? Right. Um, and, and I take pleasure in trying to, like, I, I feel a sense of pride when I come with, 
come up with a headline, especially if it's for like a Ben Folk story. You know, he suggests a lot of headlines and more often than not, we use his. But, you know, if it's Fernanda or Mike Bond or, or Stephen Morocco, like I think part of my job is, is helping them come up with a headline that makes people want to read the story. Because mm-hmm. I hate when we have a really good, well-researched, what you know, multi-source story and nobody clicks it just because they and especially if it's a story where it's like I know if people started reading it they'd want to finish reading it but so much of our job is getting people to click to to want to read to 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 actually care about that that story so um like I said you know if it's you're promising something you don't deliver on that that's clickbait we try to avoid that but you know a, a really clever headline can do a lot of good where a really bad headline, you know, it can be the difference, you know, you can get 10 times the traffic with a, a really good headline as opposed to just a, a straightforward where you think you already know the story by reading the headline. So I, I think a big part of my job and the other editor's job the past few years is just kind of the creativity of the headlines without being, like you said, you, you don't want to be clickbaity and feel like you delivered or that you promised something you didn't deliver. But if you deliver what you promise in the headline and it's creative, then everybody wins. One of the things I also like about your site that sometimes you don't see on every site is you guys cover, uh, you know, you'll, you'll cover stuff outside the UFC. And I'm not even just talking about Bellator, but like you guys will cover like an LFA card or something like that where, you know, because you see in other sports, you, you, they, they talk about the minor leagues, you know. And I yeah. think that's important because especially now with how many cards the UFC is doing, I mean, how many times do we have a card coming up and there's a new guy and, and, you know, the casual audience or whoever doesn't know who they are because they just there's been no coverage. And, and that for me kind of drives me. Nuts. I mean, it's good for me because I, you know, I'll, I'll try and cover that area because it's not being yeah. covered. But, yeah. you know, how, impo- how important is that going forward? You know, still just, you know, having those, uh, you know, uh, the, the coverage of sort of the grassroots stuff just because it does sort of lend uh, a hand to to the bigger promotions. Yeah, I mean, it's important and it may not be our biggest traffic stuff, but for us, so much of it is is relationship building and letting our audience know that hey, if something big's happening outside the UFC, usually we have our, our finger on it and, and we'll know. I mean, it's it's a little easier. It's a little easier and a little more difficult. Like Access TV makes it very easy to kind of keep tabs on the uh, US or at least the North American uh, regional scene. It's getting a little tougher in Europe because you got like KSW and ACB and one championship and you want to cover everything, but you can't cover everything. So you try to draw a line that's, you know, and and for us, that's a constant battle. It's trying to cover as much as we can without getting bogged down, covering stuff that no one really cares about. So uh, for us, that's one of our, even our own editors, we, we argue it about it, argue about it a lot. Um, you know, should we be covering this or should we not be covering? Is it a waste of time? Is my time better spent here and stuff? But, you know, I think Access TV is a really good example because so many of the people that we covered there, you know, whether it was RFA and Legacy FC back in the day and now LFA and and CES, MMA, like a lot of those people we were covering, and Mackenzie Dern, like they're now in the UFC. Like, you know, people were excited about them before they got there because of what they were doing. Uh, a Nick Newell, you know, like back being in in LA in Legacy, and then when he was with World Series of Fighting and stuff. So, I, I think it's really important, and I think a big reason that we're able to do it well is that Access TV and LFA and One Championship they're really good about pitching stuff. And, and I try to tell people that even like you know top ten fighters, their managers will be like, "Hey, do a story on this guy." It's like, okay, well, what's <laughs> going on with them? They're like. Well, they're a top guy and they're trying to get a title shot and they train all the time. It's like, well, that's, you know, that's everybody. Like um, there, there's a guy, uh, Ed Cap, who 
I wish oh, every we had Ed on the show. Ed is Ed is the best. Ed is the best. If every publicist were like Ed Cap, everybody would know everybody's every fighter story. They would be like they would be a fan of everybody because he finds those really good angles. He sells you on why they're a good interview. He makes sure they actually call in when they're supposed to do their interviews, which is another huge issue uh, with a lot of publicists. But um, so a lot of times we will cover mid-level guys or even lower level guys because someone pitched us, whether it was the organization or a publicist or their manager. Um, the people who are getting coverage are the ones who have people in their corner pushing them and, and you know, to not and not just hey you should really cover this guy it's they tell us why we should cover this guy or girl um so you know for us a lot of it we're going to cover you if we get a good pitch if if we're not getting a good pitch we may still cover you if you're on everybody's radar but it makes it a lot easier when we've got you know publicists and and pr people and the promotions or even the fighter themselves one of the people who used to contact us directly with pitches was Jessica Aguilar because she felt like she wasn't getting enough attention. I think it was back, even, it might have even been before she was with World Series of Fighting. Uh, but she would reach out to us directly, let us know what was going on with her. And we did a lot of stories on Jessica Aguilar because she took the time to do that. So, um, you know, I should, you know, fighters especially, you may not have money for a publicist and stuff, but be your own publicist. Reach out to the media people, pitch us on stuff, let us know what's going on. More often than not, it's going to result in a story and it's just going to be good for you too. Yeah, that's a really great advice there. Uh, we're just going to go to the chat with one question, and then we're going to wrap things up here. Uh, we got a behind-the-scenes MMA in the YouTube chat saying, is it possible to involve MMA fans into pro wrestling content or vice versa? What are your thoughts on this? Because, you know, it is interesting now. We see, and, and I get it. Trust me, I totally get it. Uh, even the site here that I work for, Fightful, I mean, they do wrestling, pro wrestling coverage and mixed martial arts coverage. But now we're seeing it on a lot of MMA sites because of Ronda Rousey. What, what is sort of your thoughts on that? For us, it's such a, a tough balance. And every day, like, we're kind of having conversations about how much is too much. And, like, I was just, I saw a video proof come through today. We had uh, Jim Ross on on MMA Junkie Radio talking about, how he thought Ronda Rousey's debut was like the one, I forget what word he used, like the most buzzy or, or the most exciting uh, kind of crossover wrestling debut he had seen. And it was like, well, that's got an MMA tie-in, you know, so that makes sense. Uh, our audience, if you pulled MMA junkie readers, 50% would be, would be like, I have no problem with it. Like, I understand why you're doing it or I even enjoy it. And 50% would be, I hate you guys. I wish you would all die. Take the wrestling coverage with you and shove it up your ass. So, um, you know, it's trying to walk that fine balance. I think for MMA Junkie, if we, we try to cover it when it has an, an obvious MMA tie-in. And I know at some point with Ronda Rousey, it's like, okay, at what point is she just any other wrestler? So quit covering it. And I think we're starting to approach that point. Yeah. But yeah, it's a real fine kind of – we haven't found that exact – formula for it right now thankfully uh the, the guy simon the guy we recently hired last year uh, he's a big pretty pretty big pro wrestling fan or i think mark is the term they use like i'm not a, a big pro wrestling fan i can appreciate it i i like the fact that it brings us traffic and stuff but simon's kind of our sounding board for whether this makes sense to to put on junkie or not and he kind of runs with it and does a lot of his own uh which is good but i i think because there is so much crossover it makes sense sometimes we don't do a lot of you know grappling and, and kickboxing or muay thai coverage uh but like tiffany van seuss you know i think that there was a reason there to cover some of her stuff when she was going back and forth 
Uh, we don't do a lot of glory coverage. We have when uh, there are guys who, who uh, you know, cross over sometimes. So I think for us, we kind of use would should I, I, I was going to say, would the average MMA fan care about this? But I think it's more should the MMA fan care about this? And that's kind of our general rule of thumb. If we think the average MMA fan, even if they don't cover pro wrestling or even if they don't care about pro wrestling or watch it or boxing or kickboxing, if there's enough of them in MMA tie in, we'll do it. Uh, but it, it's a constant kind of thing that we're reevaluating just because it's hard to find that balance. Because I totally understand the MMA fans who want nothing to do with pro wrestling feel like it, it's two completely different things and they don't want their MMA coverage uh, interfering with their MMA coverage. But, you know, we do get some complaints and it's like I tell them, I was like, look, if you're seeing pro wrestling coverage on MMA Junkie, it's not taking away from anything else we're doing. We're not covering X because we're covering pro wrestling. Uh, so if you're seeing pro wrestling, it's just gravy. It's extra stuff. If you don't like it, don't read it. Just move on. We've got plenty of other MMA coverage you can check out. So I, I know a lot of other websites are kind of wrestling with that right now. I'm always keeping tabs on like fighting. I know I think Bloody Elbow probably more than anybody kind of covers everything and they cover everything really well, whether it's boxing, kickboxing, grappling, pro wrestling. Like I, I'm amazed at the range of stuff that they're able to cover. Um, I don't think that would necessarily work for us when we just don't have the people who know the sports that well. And I, I don't want to say dilute kind of our coverage too much, but if, if we covered grappling tournaments and stuff any more than we did, it would be taken away from the MMA coverage that we do now. So for I think everybody's going to have a, a balance that's a little differently. I think right now we've kind of found ours. And But again, I know I'm rambling, but I go back to the, the people who don't like it, who feel like we're covering it too much. I totally understand, just understand that, we're not taking away any MMA coverage to add any extra pro wrestling or Ronda Rousey or even Matt Riddle, you know, occasional pro wrestling stuff. So I don't know. I, I know everyone does it differently. We've kind of found our balance and I think it works for us. Before I let you go, here's going to be my last question. And again, I appreciate it. Lots of really good uh, advice and tidbits in here. Uh, what's What's been the proudest moment in your professional career covering the sport? Um, just, you know, looking back. And, and I know, obviously, there's there's a lot more to come with MMA Junkie and USA Today. But to, is there one thing that sort of stands out? I mean, there, there's not really a, a scoop or, or story. I, I think something that, you know, I was just talking to uh, Lindsay, uh, who we recently got engaged and. She's like the sweetest, most level-headed person I've ever met. She's brought a lot of sanity and, and keeps my blood pressure low. Like, and, and she's a really thoughtful person. And, and there was kind of a, a, a business thing I was dealing with yesterday that I was really kind of getting frustrated with and butting my head against the wall. And she just reminded me, she's like, look, at, at the end of the day, remember that MMA Junkie employs about a dozen people who really care about, the, like, she doesn't care about MMA. She's like, but I know those people who really care about that dumb sport that you follow. And, and the, you know, they're able to provide for their families and they've got jobs and health insurance covering something that they really love because of something you built, something that you work on every day. So I think for me, I, I take a lot of pride in and one that we, I think we really did help the sport grow and, and legitimize it just through media coverage, like any reporter does. But I think, too, you know, being able to for myself to have a job in health insurance covering something I love, but, you know, a dozen other people and freelancers and stuff like I take a lot of pride in that we were able to build a business around doing something that we would have been watching and love anyway. So at the end of the day, as frustrating as it gets, you know, um, you know, we were late to a story or we missed a story or we screwed up in our reporting or 
employees are upset or promoters or fire, fighters or managers are pissed at us because of something we wrote. You know, there can be a lot of stress. You know, it, it could be a more stressful job. You know, we could be trying to save lives or, or you know, you know, trying to, you know, uh, keep someone healthy or, or battling fires and stuff. At the end of the day, what we're doing isn't very important in the big scheme of things, but it's entertaining. It's a sport we love. And at the end of the day, I take pride that we were able to provide jobs and a business and help fans connect with the sport that they love. So uh, as frustrating as it gets, sometimes I just go back to that and that, that gives me a little sense of pride. Well, Dan, this was awesome. I can't believe you just did a whole hour here. Uh, thank you so much for for coming on the program. Uh, I'm glad uh, you know people got to hear uh, your career and obviously uh, you know some of the great advice that you had in there. I'll have to go back and listen myself. But uh, just remind people uh, where they can find you on social media, any contact information, and anything you got coming up on MMA Junkie that we can uh, tune into. Uh, the floor is yours, sir. Yeah, no, I, all our coverage is obviously at MMA Junkie. Uh, MMA Junkie has Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. For me personally, I'm at Dan Stupp at Twitter, D-A-N-N-S-T-U-P-P. I'm pretty active on there. You can always reach out to me directly there. Or just email me, Dan, uh, with two N's, D-A-N-N, at MMAJunkie.com. I'm, I usually check email and, and Twitter messages and everything pretty frequently. So if you got any questions or want to hit me up directly, go for it. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Lynch on Sports. I got a bunch of interviews for this Saturday's UFC Atlantic City card. So check that out right here on Fightful. And we'll be back next week with another guest. And I want to thank everyone for watching and submitting the questions. And we'll uh, see you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.